This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Pistol, fake a handoff. They pitch to Bean. Bean rushing right side, looking to the end zone. Bean throws last minute too high. Incomplete. And the pass is airmailed. And the game ends with Arkansas escaping in overtime. 55-53. to Shootout in overtime. College Bowl season. And of course, we have the Final Four coming up this weekend. Sonny Dykes joined us for the second time uh, recently here on Sean and Bobby. This is your home of America's team. We'll get back to Cowboys Titans at 9 a.m. with Babe Laufenberg in Nashville. But let's talk a little college football with Mike Golick Jr. joining us uh, on the Diamond Factory Hotline. And it's all courtesy of DraftKings. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Morning. I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Where are you right now? What city are you in? Uh, so I am currently in Los Angeles. I am getting ready to board a flight to Jacksonville uh, later today uh, to try and watch Notre Dame and South Carolina in the Gator Bowl. So my bowl season is not yet done. Is your flight with Southwest Airlines? No, uh, no. I, I, I gave myself that gift this holiday season <laughs> and have managed to avoid that so far. But uh Man, uh, anyone who is in that mix right now, I'm thinking of you because, my God, what a meat grinder. Follow-up question. You're going to Jacksonville. What do you think about the city? As I just recently came back from there from the Cowboys game, and it was, it was, a, it was rough, I got to say. It was rough. Yeah, you know what? Jacksonville exists. Um, <laughs> is, I, I, is, I said it's it if a, a pawn city. shop was a city. Yeah, and you know what? And you know, an interesting. And you know what? We need pawn shops. So <laughs> every, everyone's got a purpose. Everyone's got something there. I'm. Exci- I wish it was. The one thing I forget about North Florida is that it can actually get cold. And so yeah. the weather forecast for this game has been less than ideal for me now because I moved from Connecticut to Los Angeles in June, and I've become very bougie when it comes to weather. <laughs> and I now have certain needs that need to be met. And I don't know if Jacksonville is going to meet them. All right, you uh, you grew up in a college and NFL household, so like just as a fan, we're, we're going to talk college football. But as a fan, how do you divide your NFL and college love? Is it straight fifty fifty? Do you lean more towards college or more towards NFL? So you know, as a fan, like getting to watch everything, it really is like if football's on, then I'm watching. I joked the other night. You guys will appreciate this. 
Luka Doncic goes for one of the more historic performances, the first 60-20-10 game in NBA history. And I missed watching it live because I was in the middle of watching the guaranteed rate bowl. I was watching Wisconsin fake a field goal on a baseball field (laughs) in a game where neither quarterback had started for that team during the regular season instead of watching Luka Doncic do the incredible thing. So, uh, yeah, fandom-wise, it's right down the middle, really. Coverage-wise, listen, I I love getting to cover college football because – I didn't have the long NFL career that dad had. I played hot college football. It was what I grew up loving. And certainly, you know, my affinity for Notre Dame is still really strong. And so coverage-wise, I love getting to dive into these college towns and go get off the beaten path a little bit. But, man, listen, I'm ready to watch somebody hit somebody if it's on TV. All right. Does it feel like TCU is just the nice, cute little story? Sonny Dykes and, and, and the Horn Frogs, obviously a little bit ticked off that they feel like a you know the, the, the Final Four charity case. How are you looking at TCU, whether they belonged, whether they deserve to get in, and what real chance they have against Michigan? So here's the thing, like, belong and deserve, like, they're all that. Like, I feel like we do this every year with the team that winds up, the team's really in the three and four spot, right? Yeah. Like, we always look at it, and even if the result goes poorly for TCU, which it could, like, they still belong and deserve that. What they did this year was incredible. Managing to win that many games, especially the way they won, how close a lot of these games were, the different things it took for that team, that's really hard to do. Like, forget just the X's and O's of that mentally for that team to be able to muster that without having really had those results before. Like, it's one thing if you're a program that's been winning for years and years on end now, and you've got a bunch of time under task in close games, and you know, all right, when we get into these situations, I know how to operate. My heart rate doesn't really get up that high. (laughs) They didn't have the benefit of that. They hadn't been a good team for the last few years. And so, no, they absolutely belong. They absolutely uh, deserve this. And listen, they're built in the right ways, right? Big exp- and this is one of the things we saw across college football with you know head coaches in year one at new schools. When you're built with experience in the trenches, the way that TCU was, especially on the offensive side, you've got a quarterback that's played meaningful football. And then, listen, for them, Quentin Johnston's been incredible and is going to be a future first-round NFL wide receiver. I think he had a pair of really good corners on the other side defensively to go along with some big beef up front on the D-line. And, you know, some timely use in the transfer portal for this team also. They absolutely deserve this. They absolutely belong here. Now, do I think they're going to beat Michigan? No, I'm not picking them to do so this weekend. I think they can make it close because they've made everything close and because they're built in all the ways that we talked about here. But I still think ultimately right now, Michigan's further along in the process. Michigan, you know, kind of went through a lot of these warts and growing pains last year, and they've come back out on the other side even better in certain areas for it. So, no, TCU is not a charity case, but losing in the the spot that they're in right now, being a newcomer in the college football playoff, doesn't mean you weren't supposed to be here. TCU obviously likes to, you mentioned Quentin Johnston there, like they like to push the ball downfield. The the passing game is a big part of what they do, but, uh, you know, how much of what we saw from Michigan at the end of the year against Ohio State with J.J. McCarthy, um, do, you, do you think that was an outlier? Or do you think that is what they're capable of if they try to push the ball downfield? That it's like, hey, J.J. McCarthy never really had the opportunity to do this. He, he can do this if you ask him to. Well, so I think it's an outlier right now, and that's one of the things I'm most curious about this game is, all right, do it again. So I called the Michigan-Michigan State game this year, which before it became known for the altercation in the tunnel after the fact, I looked at it as, 
an incredible opportunity for Michigan to explore their downfield passing game against a Michigan State secondary that's been one of the worst in college football for the last two seasons. And I went, and I kept watching, and I kept looking, and I kept waiting, and they kept not going downfield, and it kept not happening. And I had a lot of questions about that. So when you look at the Ohio State game, those were big plays in pressure spots, right? J.J. McCarthy getting the ball out against blitz looks. Ronnie Bell and those guys being able to make plays that turned into long touchdowns against an Ohio State team that said, hey, we're going to load up the box and we're not going to let you do this to us up front. And they were very successful in that. And so I look at that, and now for Ronnie, for Cornelius Washington, for that receiver core, going up against, listen, Travis Hodges Tomlinson is the one that certainly gets a lot of the press clippings, but both TCU games I covered this year, Josh Newton kept jumping off the page. Like on that other side, when he was challenged, he stepped up to the plate, but, you know, I had Oklahoma State and Iowa State, which obviously the latter wasn't super competitive, but tons of pass breakups in that game. Two guys that you could trust so that you can do a little bit more up front and you can let that linebacker core and D-line play a little bit faster downhill because you trust those guys on the back end. So that's a really interesting matchup and one that I think is going to go a long way in deciding the margin of this game because – that was a big thing for Michigan, and they're going to get back to their bread and butter. No, obviously, Blake Quorum, but Donovan Edwards is an incredible back, and they've got the best offensive line in college football, the winners of the Joe Moore Award. But I think that matchup on the outside is really underrated. See, it's a, that was kind of leads into the next question for me there, where you say, uh, you know, Michigan is going to get back to their style of ball, which is obviously – uh, you know, the ground game and using that great offensive line. TCU wants to make this more of a track meet, I would guess. Is it easier? Is that more of a challenging thing for TCU? Why is it that, that when teams want to get into that track meet style, it feels like it's it's more difficult to get into their style of game than to get into some of that blue-collar football that Michigan wants to play? Well, listen, I think at the end of the day, like, you simplify the equation a little bit when you're saying why is it easier to do that like going downhill is the simplest form of football in general right it's why coaches love it so much because they're all really risk averse it's easy to just run duo hand the ball off and then like we saw late in that game for michigan hey guy busts a 70 yard run and that's gravy because you're really just looking for like three to five yards on any given play uh and so i think that's uh, just kind of a huge part of it. It's the simplest form of all this versus, you know, when you go and try and speed things up or you're trying to go downfield, there's a little bit, you know, slimmer margin for error. All of a sudden, everything becomes a little bit more important in that process. You know, there can be some boom or bust to that, which TCU's had to deal with this year. And it's why they've been down in some of these games very early on and had to claw their way back in, but they're also capable of clawing their way back in because you've got a viable deep, uh, deep threat. You've got some other explosive options in there. You've got a quarterback who's at the college level, a viable run threat and a really tough kid. So all those things can kind of lend themselves well. DraftKings college football analyst Mike Golick Jr. here on 105.3 The Fan uh, via the Diamond Factory hotline. How are you looking at the other game? Is this an, is this an unlucky matchup for Georgia against Ohio State? I don't trust Ohio State enough in the places that we've had questions about them all year. Now, I will give them some credit and grace. I thought looking back at the Michigan game, uh, JT, JT Tuiamalo and that defensive line, I thought acquitted themselves better than they got credit for after that game. The line of scrimmage was not dominated by Michigan that day by any stretch of the imagination. 
on defense. On offense, it's a different story. And Ohio State all year has, we know, been known for Marvin Harrison Jr. and C.J. Stroud. And, you know, even when Travion Henderson went down, Mayan Williams and the job that he was able to do in the backfield. But that offensive line, Paris Johnson's a great player. You know, uh, Dewan Jones, these are names that we know and guys that will play pretty lucrative NFL football. But that's not a group that can go out there and physically beat anyone right now. We saw it against Michigan. We saw it against Northwestern. They can run with anybody, but they cannot get downhill and get bloody. And when you go back to the last Ohio State team to win meaningful games, uh, you know, and win a national title, Ohio State in 2014 was beating people upside the head with a run game with Zeke Elliott in that offensive line. And they can't go downhill at people like that right now. And against this Georgia team that, listen, doesn't get after the quarterback incredibly well uh, and, and certainly is not last year's defense, the biggest area it impacts you is the red zone. And I think that's the biggest thing for Ohio State is if you're not going to make big plays in this game, you're, gonna have, you're really going to have to be relying on that because we saw against Michigan's defense. You got down into the red zone, and Ohio State had been one of the best touchdown-scoring teams in the red zone in college football this season. Settled for field goals and had an empty trip in the red zone against Michigan. You're going up against Georgia, the number one defense in red zone efficiency in college football because they're incredibly you know, ruthless and physical up front, but also incredibly efficient in the system that Kirby runs on the back end. And so I think at the core of this, Georgia is just built too powerfully in the area where right now Ohio State has kind of gotten away from that Big Ten identity up front on the offensive line. All right, Mike. So uh, we are in Dallas. Dallas fans always love to hear the uh, the national praise. I know you are the president of the Zach Martin fan club, your former teammate there at Notre Dame. Uh, just just want to give you an opportunity to, to heap praise on, on to Zach Martin and uh, how he and the offensive line are playing here in Dallas. I, I tell you what, one of the coolest things that I, I think we'll see this entire NFL season and one of the most selfless, and it ties into, you know, what you're able to do because of Zach, but when you got Tyron Smith back and you have a future Hall of Famer who is coming back from a season-long injury and has played left tackle since 2011 for that team and who gets I, I, you know, posited this idea, hey, Tyler Smith, our rookie, is settled in over here at left tackle. He's young. We don't want to take him out of this. We want to get the best five on the field. How do you feel about going over to right? And better yet, hey, Jason Peters, future Hall of Famer, how do you feel about rotating in with Tyron Smith <laughs> at right tackle next to Zach Martin here? That's insane. That's insane that two Hall of Famers were rotating on the right side of that line and making it work well. Like, yeah, there were a couple of spots where Tyron was laid off the ball, but watching him and Zach Martin get to work next to each other, just gold jacket double teams all the live long day has been one of the joys of this entire season. And it's what makes that room special. Like, you know, I, I, I played with Tyron Smith coming out in the Army All-American game. I obviously played with Zach at Notre Dame the entire time we were there two incredibly selfless teammates and for Zach, who has been resurgent in the last year, you know, getting he as you know, healthy as humanly possible again to be the thing that holds down this offensive line in the midst of so much change. Zach Martin, when he came into the league was sort of the final capstone for a Dallas offensive line that had been collecting parts. Think Thanos getting that final infinity, infinity stone in the gauntlet before they became the best offensive line in football for a while. Now on the other side, he's really that flex piece that's allowed them to weather the storm of some change and some injury at all these positions. And watching his consistency throughout the years has been 
exactly what we all saw day in and day out at practice every day at Notre Dame. Zach is a first ballot Hall of Famer when it's all said and done. We'll have a conversation for maybe one of the best, if not the best, cards in the history of pro football. And it'll be cool to tell kids that at one point <laughs> I played next to that guy, and uh, I will then be able to overstate my own career accomplishments <laughs> because if you say you played next to a guy like Zach Barton, clearly you must have been pretty good, even if that's not necessarily the case. Then you show them the Oreos and mayonnaise, and bam, you're a legend in your kid's mind. <laughs> exactly. What an example I'll be setting for the youth. <laughs> hey, man, this was fantastic. We'd love to have you on any time. Enjoy all the upcoming football, man, and safe travels. Thanks. Appreciate it, guys. Mike Golick, Jr. on behalf of DraftKings on the Diamond Factory Hotline. Babe Laufenberg in Nashville getting you ready for tonight after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.